Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Good morning. Good morning. So happy to join with you. And we're going to start off with a prayer here, and then I'm going to welcome my wonderful guest. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart, as I am doing. And let's take that breath together, as we always do. A breath of love, a breath of gratitude. So grateful and so thankful that God is. That God is all that there is, and we are one with the infinite power and presence of God. So grateful to open our hearts and minds to infinite intelligence flowing through us. This is what I know for each and every one of us, that the love of God is revealing itself in our minds right now. We're opening ourselves to healing. All healing is at the level of the mind, and we're calling for a healing right now. Opening ourselves to true happiness perfect happiness, opening ourselves to God's will, divine will, active in our heart, in our mind, in every activity of our life. So we dedicate ourselves to this right now, and we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we wholeheartedly say yes to love. In grace and gratitude, we allow our healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, and I have a wonderful guest here with me, author John Mundy. Hi, John. Oh, we dropped John. (laughs) Well, I'm going to give him an introduction while we're waiting for him to come back. Technology. Technology is my friend. <laughs> These things happen in the modern world, and uh, I'm so used to I, it. You sound like you're a very, very long ways away, Jennifer. I do? Yeah. Well, you sound perfect to me. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll talk about perfect happiness, right? We, we, we will. I, I just wanted to mention a few of your books. But maybe okay. I'll wait for my voice to be adjusted. So, um, John Mundy is the author of uh, Lesson 101, Perfect Happiness, A Path to Joy from A Course in Miracles. Uh, a much-needed book because so many Course in Miracles students uh, let me know that they are aware there's so much in their head, they're not living in their heart, and the joy seems so far away. And uh, what, what, t- can you tell us a little bit, John, about what inspired you to focus on this one lesson? Well, actually, it started quite a number of years ago uh, when I wrote a book called uh, The Ten Laws of Happiness, which was based upon the ten characteristics of a teacher of God that's in the manual for teachers of A Course in Miracles. Right. And I realized as I went through that that as we would describe each one of these different characteristics, like patience or honesty or whatever it was, that when we live with those principles in mind, it really makes us happy. So that was sort of a small self-published book that I did a long time ago, and my editor at Sterling in New York City was after me to rewrite that book. So I did, and you know, I took a 150-page book and turned it into a 315-page book, and 
it gave me the opportunity to get much more in-depth into this really, really important topic in the course because um, happiness is where we're going. Happiness can actually sort of be equated to, to heaven, knowledge, God, being really aware of love and truth and in our lives, you know, living where we really, really, really do live rather than live within the illusion where we're so very, very unhappy because there are just so many things that the ego snaps up in front of us and tells us are realities which are not realities. So anyhow, that's how it all happened. Sorry, I was uh, half distracted, John, paying attention to the technology here. Okay. And so I don't have a snappy comeback. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't need to have a snappy comeback. <laughs> or maybe I was just distracted by our Baja retreat, which, which we can talk about later. But right. I, because I know you're there in New York with the intense winter cold. Fortunately, I'm here in California where it's not intense at all. But no, as, as you and I were talking before, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you to help us out with is the pain factor that many people experience in the physical body. Of course, there's emotional pain, there's mental pain, but particularly physical pain. Many people manifest physical pain, but it, this really applies to any kind of suffering. So in Lesson 101, it talks about sin and pain. So what is the equation between sin and pain? Well, in both cases, ultimately, what we're talking about is something that's an illusion. I mean, it's... Um, you cannot, in fact, according to the Course, be separated from God. And it's our learning, our remembering, so that, of course, God does not suffer. You know, and, and from that standpoint, in terms of the Course, Jesus didn't suffer on the cross either, which is where we have a tremendous uh, difference between the way traditional Christianity looks at things and the way we understand things from the standpoint of the Course. And he didn't suffer simply because he knew who he was. And what he knew was that he was not a body. The ego body identification is very, very strong. In fact, as if you look at some of the other teachers, uh, like Eckhart Tolle, for example, he talks about the ego body connection. The Course says the, the body is the ego's chosen home. And we're very fascinated with bodies. We think that we are bodies. We think that this is a constituent of, of who we are, but it's, it's really not. So we're so tied into it and all of it's, the Course says that the, the ego uses the body for three primary reasons. For one, for attack, for pleasure, and for pride. It's an app, A-P-P, attack, pleasure, and pride. Well, the other side of pleasure is pain. And, you know, one thing overdone leads to the other. I mean, overdoing certain kinds of pleasures, like getting caught in an addiction or something, winds up leading us to a tremendous amount of pain. But one of the main things that the Course is trying to help us to do is to really understand, and I think this is where the Course is so, it's not really so different than other metaphysical teachings, it just emphasizes it so clearly. Uh, ultimately, you're not a body. Uh, ultimately, all there is is mind. And we're really trying to work on a transcendence of the thought that one could be limited to a body and to, to form itself and to get back just to to the mind. Now, obviously, there are things that we do with our bodies that uh, can produce pain, um, but all of that really kind of goes back, at least initially, to the suffering that comes from, from the mind, from the sense of separation. So it's really overcoming the sense of separation. A lot of people, as they begin to approach death, for example, on their death, on literally on on, on their deathbeds, will begin to transcend pain, mm. and and they transcend it in part because they know that they're getting this opportunity to be free mm. of the the body. The pain is a big one. I mean, it's it's one of the toughest ones yeah. that, that we all have to deal with. You know, that certainly has been true for. Me, I've had uh, two heart attacks and cancer and encephalitis, <laughs> mm. you know, and all those things. Although cephal encephalitis wasn't painful, it was just different. 
it just gave me a different way of, of seeing and being for a while outside mm-hmm. of the normal framework that we have to work with. But still it all comes back to mind. That there's, that's why there's a similarity here between Christian science and the Course in Miracles. On this part, the, the two of these fields are, are connected together. And you know, the question that comes up then is that often seems related to how to heal pain, physical pain, or even deep emotional, mental suffering, is this conversation about levels, that there's no order of difficulty. Right. Uh, yeah, so, so it's no more difficult to heal uh, a raging cancer than it is to heal uh, a cold. How could that right. be? Well, if you look at a situation like, um, did you read the Anita Moore Johnny's book, Dying to Be Me? Yes, I did. I, I think it's a great book. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic book. And she had gone as far as you can into death. In fact, is there, you know, there was totally given up all hope altogether that she could possibly survive that. So in her case, yeah. it literally, literally was a miracle. And it's a miracle in the sense in which, but the mind had to change in order for her to, I mean, but she came back from that very, very rapidly, very, very quickly once that that turning point had been reached and she saw what she saw. I mean, she saw the, who she was. She saw that she was whole. That's very important to see that you're whole, mm-hmm. to see that there's no, quote, sin inside you. Mm-hmm. That there's nothing wrong, and that's very hard for us because it's, mm-hmm. you know that's very difficult for anyone to believe. That's why you know, in in terms of the course, we all do believe that we're we're sinners. By that I mean I don't mean sinners in the traditional sense, but right. in the sense that we have uh, cut ourselves off from God, that we have left God. We we deliberately chosen to to run away from home, and we have guilt. Uh, the Course spends a lot of time talking about the underlying guilt, which is so very, very deep inside there because we know someplace inside us that we that we have left our Father. We don't know it consciously, but it is, so it's buried there very, very deep within. That's why the Course is, places such tremendous importance upon our accepting responsibility for our situations, uh, whatever they're in. You know, one of my favorite parts, I'm sure it is, one of yours too, is chapter uh, 21, section 2, responsibility for sight. Oh, yeah. I'm responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience. I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And everything that happens to me, I, I ask for. Mm-hmm. And I receive as I have asked. I mean, there's something about that acceptance, you know, that one, I had, I had cancer. Right. And um, I remember <clears throat> I had a, a tumor about the size of a lemon, they said, mm-hmm. removed from my insides. And then I had an experience after that that you never want to have, which mm-hmm. was that the day after the operation, or I guess it may have been the same day, you lose time when you're in that kind of a state of mind. Mm-hmm. As I came out of the operation and the recovery, and I open my eyes and I see the oncologist standing at the foot of the bed. And I think they probably deliberately do this when you're in this kind of twilight zone state. Um, so the oncologist says to me, uh, Mr. Mundy, I have to tell you that the cancer has spread. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm sitting, laying there in this half half awake world saying, oh, that's really nice, my goodness. And then, um, 4 o'clock the next morning, I wake up wide awake. All the drugs have worn off. Mm. I know I'm not going back to sleep. Mm. And I'm laying there and I start thinking, this is not good news. You could die. I mean, you could really die. And I had had a death experience in 76, but... That was a different kind of experience. So this time I could really, really die. <laughs> this was, um, <clears throat> but then there was something that happened, which was really, really wonderful, which was that I got thinking about what it meant to die, and I realized that it was what happens when we die is we let go. 
you, you, you let go. You let go of the body. You let go of the whole, yeah. the illusion of the body, of all the concomitants of the body, the name, the identity, the personality, the, the resume, you know, that all disappears. And I was laying there, and I just started letting go. And I thought, it's okay. I'm going to die. It's okay. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And the most wonderful peace came over me. It's really kind of hard to describe at this point what that was was like. But in the acceptance, it was in the acceptance. And, but also just in the acceptance that this was something that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. And obviously I survived that. That was 12 years ago that that happened. So... But in the acceptance was the was the healing as well. You know, John, I'm so glad we're talking about this because part of my experience, I haven't I haven't had a major illness, not at all. However, I have had experiences where I recognized that it was truly about giving up all attachments. All attachments right. to identifying with anything or needing or wanting anything in this world. Right. That, that, that the awakening I desired, the life I desired, everything was not of this world. That's right. There's nothing yeah. here, of course, that say that you really want. Except for love and truth and, you know, the, the things that are eternal that don't have a form. Right, right. The opportunity to express love and creativity and freedom and yeah, joy that's what the blessing is, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, is when I, if I can go back to that deathbed, I mean that, mm. that cancer bed thing. You know what? I thought after that was well, you know, I'm going to live a little bit longer. Um, you know, probably a few months or maybe longer. And right. So what am I going to do in this time that I have left? Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I just have to be the most loving person I can to the next person that walks into that this room mm-hmm. and the next person that walks into this room and the next person that walks into this room and to, to, to share as much love and joy and I guess I can with that person. And it worked. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, <laughs> at least for a while it worked. <laughs> You know, that kind of acceptance. Yeah. Everything was okay in that place. There was not the the fear. I mean, it doesn't matter. We we're all going to die. So it didn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the fear of death. Do you think it's about the... Big punishment, the hellfire and damnation for all the myriad times when we pretended to be loving, but we were actually manipulating, or we said nice things, but we're thinking mean things. Or no, it's not. It's not that so much. It's you know, it's, it's not. That's more of a traditional Christian kind of a approach to thing. God doesn't punish. You know, there's there's a line in the course which says. Uh, God does not believe in retribution. His mind does not work that way. No, <laughs> but don't don't we think that that is what's going to happen when we cross over? That we're going to be met with a, a baseball bat and uh, yeah, a bunch well, of it's, hooligans. It's the real big fear, <clears throat> which which we have to transcend, is letting go of the identity of thinking that we are someone yeah. by, by, by someone separate, someone individual, someone unique. I saw a cartoon just yesterday. I'm working on a book right now that my next book is called There's No Place Like Home. And the subtitle is On Life and Death and Heaven, according to A Course in Miracles. But I'm really utilizing all these near-death experiences and mystical experiences that people have and comparing them with what the Course in Miracles has uh, also happened to us. It's, it's interesting that the Course is getting to us to an exciting place where there are no levels. Yes. And, yeah. 
can talk more about that later. We will talk about it when we come back from the break. And as we're going to the break, I would like to mention a couple of things here. First of all, uh, John Mundy is uh, joining me in the Baja Mexico retreat, the Living a Course in Miracles retreat, along with Gary Renard, David Hoffmeister, Regina Don Akers. We, we still have some slots left. People are still signing up. If you have any interest in coming, go to acimretreat.com. Let us know. We'll help you book your flights. And I also have a Whale Watch adventure. We've got people just signed up for the Whale Watch adventure uh, just yesterday, today. And uh, so we've still got a little bit of room there for that. And I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk. And we'll be right back with you on Monday. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Welcome back. And my guest today is author John Mundy, longtime Course in Miracles teacher. And uh, just before we dive back into the conversation where we left off, I'd like to mention a couple of things. One is that this radio show is sponsored by the Power of Love Ministry, and it's a nonprofit organization. You can go to powerofloveministry.net. We also host all the free Living a Course in Miracles classes at livingacourseinmiracles.com, which John has participated in a number of them. Excellent, excellent classes with John. It, always excellent classes with John. And uh, uh, last year we had people from 102 countries participating in those free classes. It just blows me away. So uh, if you would like to make a contribution to support the radio show or the free classes, please do so at powerofloveministry.net. And right now at jenniferhadley.com on the events page, there's a class called New Year's Reboot that, wow, I was on fire that day. It was New Year's Day, and uh, it's available for a love donation to powerofloveministry.net. So that's one way to make a contribution and and to pick up uh, a really good two-hour class that uh, people have told me really inspired them. So I invite you, if you'd like to make a contribution, you can do it that way and, and, and receive that class. Uh, the other thing I, I would like to just mention here, we've got our Baja retreat, the Baja winter getaway with Gary Renard and David Hoffmeister and Regina Don Akers, John Mundy and myself. We're going to be meeting in Baja, Mexico at a gorgeous re- resort. I cannot wait to jump in the water there. I've got my whale watch adventure, which immediately precedes it. So I'm doing the two things back to back. But I know, John, you've been suffering with the winter snow in, in New York. And uh, uh, I know you're looking forward to being in Mexico and having fun in the sun. Very much so. Both of us, my wife and I, are ready to go. <laughs> Get your bathing suit and and your sunscreen. Yeah, when we're gonna have go we're gonna have such a good time, and we're gonna be offering it on live stream. So the live stream is not available yet, but you can register for the live stream and watch all the classes on live stream, which also means you'll be able to uh, get those videos and have those videos in your permanent library, and you can watch them again and again, which I know we're going to have such a good time. I've, I've done so many things with each of these teachers, and these are truly some of my favorite Course in Miracles teachers, and I, I, at the the learning, the expansion, the fun, the joy is going to be palpable 
palpable, that's for sure. So it's a great way to participate from wherever you are on the live stream. And so, again, those details will be announced uh, next week on the radio show and and uh, at the website. So uh, going back to our question where we left off, John, we were talking about, you were talking about letting go of your id- individual identity as being a key to the awakening and uh, that how, how does one even recognize how to do that well we don't have any choice <laughs> when I say we don't have any choice I just mean that there's so much suffering is really caused from the search for the, the single identity and it's the aloneness there's a line in the Course where it says, <clears throat> Divine Abstraction, which is God, takes joy in sharing. And if you think about it, the greatest uh, joy that we do have in life always comes when we're sharing something. It never. Mm-hmm. It, it, I remember a couple of years ago I'd gone out to San Francisco to the conference out there, and um, I called my wife. I had I'd just crossed the... Golden Gate Bridge, and there's a place where you can get off and turn and look back and see San Francisco in the background. And I was trying to describe it to her on the phone, and she said, well, I'm really sure it's really nice, but I really can't see it. And uh, so let's let's talk about something else. And then a couple of years later, I took her with me, and we made that same trip, and we crossed the bridge, and we came back to that same spot, and we turned around, and we started going north, actually, around... Uh, you take a highway one, I'm sure you have up north out of San Francisco along the coast. Mm-hmm. All the rocks and the mm-hmm. waves are crashing up. And every time we come around the curve, Dolores would say, Oh, honey, look! And I just can't, you know, <laughs> it brought such joy to my heart to hear her say, Oh, honey, look! I mean, it, you, you, you more than double your pleasure when you when you share it with somebody. It's one thing to do it yourself. It's another thing to share all together. And ultimately, our greatest joy is in sharing. God is sharing his mind with us. It's just it's we who close our mind off to the whole. You know, the more we can give in to the whole and accept the whole, because selfishness, individuality, is just the opposite of that. It's breaking away. It's trying to do something for oneself alone. And that just actually creates misery. It's misery because it creates a sense of separation. And what the main thing the Course is saying is there is no separation. That's what the atonement is. The atonement is the recognition of the fact that we cannot be separate from God. Right. Right. So we also started to talk about these levels. Right. And you said you had some things you'd really like to share about that, that you've been getting insight about. Right. The, the, as I think I said, the next book I'm working on is this book about uh, life and death and heaven in terms of A Course in Miracles. And in the process of studying all these other near-death experiences that people are talking about, very often they're talking about different levels and different degrees. And in this world, that's true. And I guess, you know, even, so to speak, beyond this world, that's true. I mean, for example... Um, the Course talks about five different stages in the development of trust. So to talk about mm-hmm. stages mm-hmm. is to talk about levels. But eventually, the place where the Course is really going is home. Mm-hmm. It's, it's heaven. It's, it's eternity. It's, it's reality. And in that state, there are no longer any levels. Uh, there's just this, this purity of, of love and communication, which occurs in directly. Um, I was mentioning to you briefly that there's a very interesting line which appears, it's the last sentence in Lesson 52 from the Course. And I love it when I'm reading the Course and I come across a line that only appears once in the Course. I I, I love it when the Course uses a line several times because obviously that's placing a great deal of emphasis upon a particular idea. But when you come across a line that's only there once and it comes across with this kind of profundity, you kind of go, whoa, look at that. So the line is, 
It's the last sentence in Lesson 52, and this is something as a part of a lesson that you are supposed to say to yourself. Now, what you're saying to yourself is, would I not rather join, there's the joining, that's the sharing, right? Would I not rather join in the thinking of the universe? I think that's incredible. There's a kind of thinking, which is the thinking of the universe, which is a... Actually, when you fall in love, when you you are kind of sharing one mind, sometimes my wife and I will say the same thing simultaneously or or finish each other's sentences or something. You know? So it really just shows that that moment, at least, you know, we're, we're thinking together. But back to that line. Would I not rather join in the thinking of the universe than to continue to obscure all that's really mine with my pitiful, meaningless, private thoughts. So what are our, our pitiful, meaningless, private thoughts are actually the things which causes pain. I mean, I'm speaking about mental anguish at the moment, but it's meaningless because it, it usually has something to do with hurt feelings or regrets or nostalgias, remorses, you know, things we wish we hadn't said to, or, or our negative thoughts and the negative feelings that we have about other people, which are not helpful to us, uh, whether we share that with another person or not, it, it's still it's, it's not helpful to us in, in any way whatsoever. Let me give you a good example of what I, where I think we're going with this, which is a way of understanding one-mindedness. Yes. Anybody can do this. Go onto your computer and type in starling murmuration. Now, starling is a bird, and murmuration, that's a word that means a flock or a, a group. Uh, so you probably have seen these events where, but you can especially watch it now on YouTube, where there are hundreds of thousands of starlings will be flying as a group. I mean, hundreds of thousands. And they will swoop and dive, and you know they're going through there, and now it looks like a whale, and now it looks like a tornado, and now it looks like a paisley print, and now it looks like you know God only knows what. But it's what's really interesting about that is who's directing that, mm-hmm. who's guiding that. There's no one single bird that's saying, "Okay, let's go left." Okay, turn right. You know, it's just. But there's a mind, but it's a kind of universal mind. And when we get into the experience of that universal mind, which it's like dancing with a really good dance partner that you don't have to think about. You just know you're going to go left or right. You just know. You just, it's smooth. It works so... I was once giving a talk on mysticism to a group of folks out in Santa Anita, California, and I was talking about the unitary experience of of mind, a guy came up to me at the end and he said, I play in the Hollywood uh, Symphonic Orchestra. And he says, there's this most wonderful thing that happens when you're playing in the symphony orchestra and everybody's on note and everybody's in tune and everybody knows that everybody's on note and in tune. Mm. You get this incredible, you get these goosebumps that go through your whole body. Nobody can talk or say anything, but you know that the conductor knows it's perfect. The musicians knows. You know you're just about to get a standing ovation. You just know it. It's just it's the most wonderful, beautiful experience. It's a little touch of heaven, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a little touch of heaven. And there's lots of little ways that we can get that touch of heaven, and that's what the course is really trying to get us to is to get us out of our pitiful, meaningless, private thoughts which just make us sad and sorrowful and into that kind of mind. But that's a sharing mind. It's a mind which there's no prejudice, where there's no judgment, because there can't be. How can you be judging and be one at the same time? You couldn't possibly be doing that. Yes, and as you're talking, John, I'm really feeling that it's going back to the experience you were talking about with Dolores in the car. Look at that, look at that, and the shared experience. So it's the, the joy of joining together is the natural joy of God that's always ours to experience, except 
we are choosing separation. It's perfectly natural. You know, was it principle number four, I think, of the, of the 50 miracles principles that the Course starts off with? Uh, miracles are natural. Mm-hmm. When they don't occur, something has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. So that it, it is the most natural thing of all, and, and that's what makes it so so beautiful, and that's why this world is so crazy, because miracles aren't happening because we're not allowing for nature, our own spiritual nature, to take its course. We're trying to be somebody. Right. We're trying to be something else that we can't be, and that's what causes this pain. I saw this funny cartoon yesterday. It was a show people in heaven, right? You know, like how walking around no clouds with wings. And each of them had a little ID thing on there, like a, a name tag. <laughs> and, the, and the name tag on each one of them says, I was Joyce so-and-so. I was Bob Breyer. I was. <laughs> Not that I am. I was. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but only I am matters. That's great. Yeah. 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 The course is trying to tell us, you know, you're not your resume. That's not that's not a reality. Right. That's we're always trying mythology. We're always trying to add a cubit to our stature. In right. one way, shape or form, yeah. Right. In order to get the love that we already are. Exactly. I mean, that's what's so exciting about it. It's already there, and you're already home. You're already with God. You know, that's why, really, this is about waking up. It's about remembering. There's a word that I like a lot better than remembering, and that word is recognizing. Yes. Yes, me too. Recognize. You are just, just bringing back into the mind... But the mind already knows. It's that kind of aha. That that's what an insight is. An insight is seeing something. That's, that's and it's interesting. We use the word insight. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just seeing something that's already there. That's always been there. It's as though it's being revealed to you for the first time. But when you identify it, when you see it, you know it's always been there. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're we've got the music playing there, so it's time for us to go to a break. I'm feeling so rapturous, just feeling what you're talking about, and I'm I'm definitely going to go look at the videos of those starlings. That sounds yeah, wonderful. do that. Anybody yeah. can do that. Just starling murmuration. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that we have access to all these things. It's such a wonderful too. time a, to live in. What a, mm-hmm. what an age we live in. Have immediate access to this sort of stuff. Indeed. Well, I, I'd like to point out that John has written a number of books, and Lesson One Hundred and One: Perfect Happiness: A Path to Joy from A Course in Miracles. That is the inspiration for our sharing today. Is available at Amazon.com. It's uh, a wonderful follow-up to his book before that, Living a Course in Miracles: An Essential Guide to the Classic Text. If you're new to a Course in Miracles, I know that John Mundy's book, Living a Course in Miracles, is a favorite. And then uh, Missouri Mix- Mystic. We're coming to you from Unity Online Radio uh, from Unity Village in Missouri. We're not there, but by grace of technology, we're transcending time and space to broadcast from there. And uh, John's from Missouri. Missouri Mystic is another one of his wonderful books. I encourage you. People love John's books, as do I. And we'll have uh, more to share when we come back from this break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio. We're living the love. We're walking the talk, and we'll be right back with John Mundy. Now available, you pray the free prayer app from Silent Unity. For more than a century, people from all over the world and all walks of life have turned to Silent Unity. With you pray, our confidential prayer support is easy and convenient to access. With you pray, you can send your prayer directly to Silent Unity. 
You Pray also includes affirmations you can share with family and friends, plus audio meditations for your prayer time. For more about the free You Pray app and links to download, visit silentunity.org/app. That's silentunity.org/app. ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central. 1 p.m. Eastern on Affirmative Prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. I'm Jennifer Hadley. Welcome back. My guest today is John Mundy, and uh, John and I are preparing for our Living a Course of Miracles Baja Mexico retreat. As I was saying earlier, we'll be announcing the live stream so people can watch it on video live stream. And then if you can't join us live for the live stream, you'll be able to watch the videos and have a whole library of all the teachings with not just myself and John Mundy, but also David Hoffmeister, Gary Renard, and Regina Don Akers. So the five of us are joining together. I, I, these folks, John, Gary, Regina, and David, we, we love A Course in Miracles. We live A Course in Miracles to the best of our ability, and it's transformed our lives. And as John was talking about the joy of sharing before, our joy is to share, to come together and share. So I hope you'll join us on the live stream. If We do have a couple of slots. If you'd like to come and join us in person, you'd be most welcome. Go to acimretreat.com. And you can let us know. We'll help you book your flights. Uh, we've got all kinds of things worked out. And um, let's go back to what we were talking about, John. You know, I wanted to mention something uh, following up on what you were sharing before the break. One of the things I love most about A Course of Miracles is it tells us don't waste your time trying to be holy. You're already as holy <laughs> as holy can be. You can't be right. any more holy. The only challenge you have, the only problem you have, is you think you're not holy. So if you're right. pursuing trying to be holy, then you're coming from the place of, I'm not already holy. Right. That's innocent. That could become a, a real confusion for us, too. One of the kind of a spiritual specialness that you got to watch out for. Oh, yeah. I used to know a guy years ago. I was a Methodist minister. There was a fellow, and I, of course, won't mention his name or anything. I really can't remember it myself. But he had a, a car. They had the word clergy in big brass letters across the front of the hood of the car. <laughs> and there was just so... <laughs> I guess you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just like this, this, you know, and always wear, always wear collar, and and always wear a, a cross around his neck and a big one, and all that kind of stuff. It was like it was over the top of look, look, look. You know. Yeah. We don't need any of that. No, no, and 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 if we walk around in that, then we're teaching that that's. 
that's to be aspired to. Somehow that's good, and it's uh, yeah. No, you know, I. There's a very interesting line, and I think it's Matthew 25, where Jesus says, uh, "Don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees, yeah. who like to stand on the street corners in their long robes and their stoles." And then what do we do? We stand on those street corners with long robes and stoles on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, not, my, not not making fun of my brothers. I'm just pointing out that this is the way it is. Well, it's a journey because uh, you and I are both ministers. So I know when I graduated from ministerial school, I felt a little uncomfortable adding reverend in front of my name. But everybody encouraged me to do it. So I did. And I really gave it a good go for a couple years. uh, And... uh, many or most of the people in my life called me reverend because I have many students mm-hmm. and, and I had a congregation and all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, in fact, people just called me rev or reverend. And right. uh, uh, I got very used to it. But then I really started to feel like there's a sense of separation here. That's right. And yeah. I'm not interested in that. And, you know... Call me, right. call me Jennifer, and exactly. so call me friend, uh, and I'm sharing, and that's what teaching is. Teaching is just sharing. Right. I pretty and, well have dropped it, except for official occasions like a wedding or yeah, or something like that. Yeah, you know. where they they want a professional. Right. Sure. <laughs> or uh, I have to say, I, I use it sometimes when people um, are projecting negativity. And then I'll say, oh, you know, I'll use the, I'll let people know I'm a reverend. So that, because then they'll start to, sometimes they'll start to say, oh, maybe she has a different approach. Maybe she's not out Mm -hmm. to get something. So, you know, one word that I really like about when I, when I moved to uh, Brooklyn from California and I, I had a church for 10 years in Brooklyn and the people there call me pastor. And I thought pastor was it was such a nice word yes. because it, it really described what the job was all about, about taking care of this this flock, which it really was that, you know, I especially mm-hmm. love the older ladies. And uh, so it was a nice term. I accepted it with, it was grace, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Anyhow. John, there's a few things I'd like to tell people about because you offer so many resources for people who are interested in deepening their study of A Course in Miracles and sharing with others. So, number one, you have your magazine. Tell us a little about your magazine and how we can subscribe to it. Well, it's called Miracles Magazine, and the easiest way to subscribe is, of course, to go to our website, Miracles Magazine. Dot org, and you can get a sample copy that way. It actually started 30 years ago. I started in 1985. Wow. When a fellow who was a member of my church that I was serving at the time was leaving to move to another state, and he says, you know, I know you write your sermons out. If I gave you a dollar a week, would you make a Xerox copy and put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it and send it to me? And I said, well, sure. And I started doing that. Well, then I must have went to my mom and my sister, and if anybody else wants it, I have to pay for it. And the whole thing just evolved into a magazine. Uh, it's been fun, and here we are, still alive and going. Uh, we're going well 30 years later. It's a very rich magazine. There's so much in every issue. It's really good. So I encourage people to go to miraclesmagazine.com and... And uh, org. org, sorry, dot org. Okay. And yeah, check it out. And then you also are offering these teachings, which people can access on YouTube, the Miracles in Manhattan, where you're going through the entire text. Right. So it's one Sunday afternoon a month. Um, we do uh, a lecture dialogue conversation with uh, about 50 people in the room on the different chapter from the course each time. We started with number one in May of 2013, and we're up to 18 uh, in March, and we're going to go through the whole text 
course, we can't go through it in detail, but I pick out the parts that I think are some of the most exciting lines in that section that I'd like to highlight. And it's a lot of fun. There are thousands of people who are watching it now. Of course, it's free. It's just uh, go to Miracles Magazine or go to... Uh, just put my name in on YouTube, and that's all you need to do. And they come up. Miracles in Manhattan. Miracles in Manhattan. All right. That's beautiful. I know people love the videos because they can watch them again and again and again. Yeah, and you feel like you're part of it. And because it's an actual classroom, I get a lot of emails from people now. They talk about different... It's like the people in the classroom are characters in the... <laughs> just being themselves, but, <laughs> you know, some of the kind of questions that they ask and, and that sort of thing. So people are beginning to identify the regulars that are always there. Right. And then we also have a, a ministerial training program, uh, which is called Law Faith Seminary, which is an intensive one-year training program to become an interfaith minister. And that started out... I helped Rabbi Gellerman set this up back in 1981 was our first class, and then I kind of stepped away from that. But then Rabbi died in 2010, and they asked me if I would come back and lead the seminary. So if anyone's interested in becoming an ordained interfaith minister, we have two tracks. One track is for comparative religions, and the other track is for students who have a course in miracles because... People have been asking for it, so seeing how they're asking for it, we've we've designed it for them. That's available. Just go go to allfaithseminary.org. Yeah. And that's a wonderful so, opportunity as well. Many people like to extend their studies and become yeah. ministers, and we're out of time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. It goes by so quickly. It goes it by is, so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our time together in Baja and the opportunity yeah, right. to be on a panel with uh, Gary Renard and Regina Donakers, David Hoffmeister, the five of us having opportunities to uh, answer questions. We'll be giving teachings. We're going to do some deep healing meditation, a whole variety of things there in Baja. That live stream will be available. Check out acimretreat.com if you're interested in joining with us and um, check out John's beautiful books Uh, today we were focusing on Lesson 101 Perfect Happiness A Path to Joy from A Course in Miracles by John Mundy so I'm going to invite everyone to place their hand on their heart take a breath with me a breath of love and gratitude as we give thanks for John Mundy and his life, his dedication to sharing the truth that sets us free. What I know for each and every one of us is we're willing to know, to recognize that we are already free. We're already as holy as holy can be. And so is everyone else. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits of our healing, our awakening, our recognizing with everyone because we're one with them one mind one life we let it be and so it is amen 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 thank you john mundy sure thank you look forward to seeing you in just a couple of weeks actually yes indeed much love to everyone and i'll be with you again next week have a great week